it's good to be sore. It's good to, you know, you need time to recover. But if you are sore from that workout yesterday that you did, or you're sore from that super long run that you pushed yourself, that's a sign that your body is actually improving. And it's okay to go out for a run. And Hello, and welcome to The Final Turn, an upbeat podcast about all things running. I am Keith, a 40-year-old currently running 70-ish miles a week and ever building a currently 189 consecutive days run streak. My co-host is Sean. How's your streak, Sean? Nowhere as near impressive as yours is. I just closed out on a 50-day run streak a couple of days ago. And since then, I'm taking a little break from running. So this is day two uh, off of running. And as I said in you know, previous episodes, I was going to take the beginning of 2021 to relax and stretch and, and get better. And I'm, I'm two days in and holding myself to it, uh, though I've been on the Peloton for the past two or three days, which kind of defeats the purpose probably. <laughs> okay. That sounds like a zero day run streak to me. Um, <laughs> So, um, all right. So on today's show, we're going to cover common excuses people use not to run and how to overcome them. But first, you can find us on Twitter at The Final Turn Pod, and you can check out our newly launched running blog at TheFinalTurn.com. I know it's confusing that the Twitter handle is at The Final Turn Pod, and the website is just TheFinalTurn.com, but hopefully me explicitly saying that can alleviate some confusion. Okay, Sean, enough of the formalities. Normally, I would ask you if you ran today, but uh, sounds like now. No, it's, 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 it, it hurts me to say that I didn't run today. I always feel like when we record these podcasts, I have to do a, a run or at least like some semi-impressive run to, to feel good about it. But yeah, I didn't run today and I'm not planning on it. Uh, I know you did. So what, what did you do today? Um, my run today was pretty unremarkable. I went 5.04 miles around the mission here in San Francisco. Uh, I tried to get out before the rain came, but Mm. I did not and got a pretty thorough soaking at the end. But it's one of the, that might be the first time in months that I've run in anything that resembles even mildly adverse conditions. So (laughs) the first couple of times were actually kind of nice. It's new. Well, one of the topics we'll be talking about of why people don't want to go out and run is bad weather. Uh, and we're, we're a bit spoiled in San Francisco and in Northern California of not having to experience it too often. But uh, for you and I growing up, we've definitely, definitely had that experience. And there's, there's many others uh, in addition yeah. to the bad weather. Yeah, it's a little hard to hero posture overcoming a steady drizzle uh, for the final mile but in January. But yeah, I, I did it. I did it today. Uh, should we talk about our marathon on New Year's Eve? I, yeah, that'd be great. I was uh, just going to bring that up. Um, so why did we decide to do that? You texted me saying you were thinking about running a marathon in a couple of days. And I said, do you want some, <laughs> do you want some company? Uh, I, I don't know why I, I offered. Uh, I wanted to be nice because, you know, who wants to run 26 miles by themselves, uh, let alone right. on New Year's Eve and whatnot. And I wasn't planning on, I was planning on running a 5k and somehow that 5k turned into 26, but I thought it'd be fun, you know, and kind of like some bragging rights and feeling good about eating some cookies and ice cream and drinking some wine on, on New Year's Eve. But what, I mean, you, you, you wanted to do it. So what was your, we never really even talked about this. I don't know exactly. I mean, I, I hadn't run a marathon since 2011 and like my last seven or 17, I don't even know how many marathons that I've signed up for, or, you know, at least tentatively planned on have not happened for various reasons. The last one being it was canceled due to COVID. 
Uh, my last two or three in particular have been really disappointing. I've, I've been completely ready and then either had a mild injury or uh, COVID. And so I thought it would be nice to just sort of put a stamp on the year and my biggest training year mileage wise um, with a marathon. And, you know, I decided to do it, I think three days before. And then I think I told you that I would like some company, I think two days before. So we weren't exactly uh, tapered down. And uh, I think I told you I wanted to run like 8.15 to 8.30 pace. And that's the only reason happened? I agreed to do it. <laughs> Yeah, so I only happened? agreed to do it because we were going to run slow, and then you know, in natural fashion, that you and I both we we went out. I think I ran over to you at like seven thirty, seven forty five pace, and I was like, "This is too fast," but it felt good because it was slower than we normally run together. Right, because you live two miles away from me, so you had to you had to run to get to me. Yeah, and what do we we end up like just just doing like seven thirty, seven fifteens, kind of like back to back. And we kept saying, Oh, we need to slow down. We need to slow down. And we just, we didn't. <laughs> yeah. It was, it was I cute think, for the first half, right? Like, Oh, haha, we are going too fast. And then predictably the pain came. Yeah. But you know, what really made me mad is the fact that your last two miles after I left you were fast. Mm, and you like I'm, went I'm, sub seven on those. And I'm really mad that I, I should have, I didn't want to do it because you, you would have had to run, you know, four miles sub seven or whatever it was. But there's a little bit of regret in me. The fact that uh, you you ran those last two miles faster than I ran any of the miles. Right. So, yeah. So Sean lives two miles away from me and we did a loop. So uh, he ran two miles. He ran two of the 27 miles at the start. And I, I ran two more miles after dropping him off at his house. And I ran my That's final two miles faster than you ran <laughs> well, your first two miles. I want to know what you how you found the route because we didn't we didn't talk about this either. But then the route ended up being twenty seven miles for me. So not only did and for you too. So not only did we like do this random marathon with no taper, like basically no heads up. It was like we had to do that extra mile, which was uh, which is hard. Well, okay. I wanted to I wanted to hug as much of the San Francisco coastline as possible. So we sort of started in the middle of the city. We went due east until we hit the San Francisco Bay, and then we ran along the bay. Yeah. The, yeah, so San Francisco's on a peninsula, for those who don't know. So we ran along the east side of the peninsula, and then the north side, and then the west side. And then, yeah, we sort of connected the dots. Uh, I don't know. I thought it would be nice to see a lot of ocean. And, you know, that got us pretty close to 26. I think I could have done... I, look, I didn't want to get to a point where, like, I'm pulling back into my house and I'm at, like, 25.8. So I wanted I wanted to make sure that there was, like, a little bit of buffer, but I, I overachieved on that a little bit. And, yeah, I think I finished at, like, 27 and a half or something. Another thing that I'm mad at you for is going, uh, like, I was thinking it was, like, a quarter mile longer than I did. Yeah, so. but, Sean... All, All of right. these things were intentional, right? Like I went faster at the end because you, yeah, you, like, I don't know if you remember, but I was very interested in your first two miles space. <laughs> yeah, there was a reason for that. And then, yeah, uh, the extra distance wasn't, that wasn't explicitly to grief you, although that was a nice side effect. Uh, I'd never run over 27, so I wanted to make sure I got over 27. And, That's fair. And then That's for fair. me, remember those last two miles, and you know, are pretty downhill. So yeah. And my last two miles were uphill. Yep. So, yeah, poor baby. Um. <laughs> it, was, it was awesome. It was awesome. Nonetheless, it was a, a very like uh, similar to you. It was a great way to cap off like my longest distance year. Probably just overall the most dedication I've given to running, even though there were no races and I didn't 
you know, really do much speed, but in terms of just like distance and dedication and uh, help me close out. The one thing I am proud of, I actually ended up beating you on total, total mileage for the year. So I yeah. have that, I have that to hang over you for a little what bit. Was your, do you know what your exact number is? It's like 2,607 miles for the year. Man. Yeah. I can't, well, let me pull this up on Strava really quickly. I, I, I know I was over 2,500 and I think it was, I don't actually, I don't know how to do this quickly. It was like 2,540, I think. So yeah, you beat me by 60, 65 miles, but yeah, look, 2021 is a different year. You better bring it. <laughs> <laughs> I, hey, I haven't ran in two days, so you're already, you're already ahead of me. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, uh, yeah. How, how does that feel in your heart? Are you getting anxious? <sighs> yeah, I think, you know, I, I shouldn't be doing anything with my legs outside of like strength. I want to do, I did yoga this morning. I want to do like a lot more hip strength and all these different things. Like we talked about with Jason a a few weeks ago, but I need that level of like cardio. I feel like I need some level of cardio. And the only way to really do that right now, because gyms aren't open. So I can't go to a pool is a bike. Uh, And while like a bike, you use different muscles and everything within your, within your legs, it's still using your legs, which kind of defeats the purpose. But I just, I need to eat ice cream or cookies or something. And I feel like if I don't do some level of cardio, it's, it doesn't work out. So, yeah. Yeah. I think, I mean, it is still like muscles, but it's a completely different kind of strain. The joint abuse is much, much, much less. And yeah, my understanding is a lot of your um, mechanical issues are sort of hip related and upper leg related. So I would be surprised if you're actively doing harm with, with the biking. Um, yeah and I'm not, it's it's less like it's less pounding which is good um, yeah and it, it's funny it kind of defeats the uh the purpose of our topic today of you know i have to find my find ways to motivate myself not to go out and run versus uh today we want to talk about why people don't want to go out and run like what are their excuses and my excuse is a bad one is i'm trying to stay healthy for a little bit um but what like overall if you think about it what is that's a like- good excuse, Sean. Like it, you're, you're allowed to take some time off. I, I know I'm like trolling yeah. you here, but like, it's, it's, it's good. It's good. It's needed. So when you, what have been like, when you don't go through a run, when you're not going, trying to do a run streak for the past two years of your, of running, <laughs> what has been like one of the most common excuses you've kind of told yourself or given to, uh, to not going out on a run? Yeah, I think sometimes I get in a place where if I get detrained a little bit, like maybe I get sick or if I have a minor injury, it's really easy. I start looking at what it's going to take for me to get back to where I was. And it just seems like this enormous mountain to climb, you know? So especially if I was like really well-trained before an injury, you know, it's like, man, it's going to take me weeks or months just to get back to where I was, you know, before I can ever hope to start getting better again. And that, that can be tough, but you know, that's not the right way to look at it, right? Like every day you don't run, you're digging the hole even deeper. And, you know, you don't always have to be perfect, right? Like something is almost always better than nothing. And so, yeah. And then, and then once, once you get started again, you know, that can sort of have its own momentum and inertia and that can carry you along. How about, how about you? Like, do you have like a, a, a weakness you think in your motivation regime? Yeah. Mine lately has been when I don't get good sleep, uh, especially I think just during COVID and uh, last year and obviously coming into this year, you know, everyone's routines has have changed quite a bit. You know, I used to wake up extremely early and the first thing I would do is get up and I'd go out and run either 
run to work uh, or I would go out and run in the park or wherever. And now that it's kind of changed and shifted where I don't have like a destination to be by by 7 a.m. or 8 a.m. I can you know, have a little bit more flexibility. Uh, I've actually been like sleeping worse. And one of the challenges when I don't have good sleep, now I'm like, oh, I'm not going to go out and run uh, because I just didn't get good sleep. And even though, even though running really helps me uh, wake up, in the, t- in the moment, it's really hard for me to kind of go out and run because I just feel like really tired and I'd rather just drink a cup of coffee to, to wake up. But then typically, you know, six hours into the day, I'm like, oh, I need to go out and run because I'm getting like jittery. So I think I, I overcome those ways of kind of giving myself an excuse of, oh, I'm too tired or a lot of it's like I'm injured or I don't feel great today. Uh, but then eventually I think I just kind of overcome those as the day goes on because I just feel... I noticed that the reward of running is greater than not running and you feel really good about yourself. And I know we'll talk about this in a little bit, but I don't know if it's a great excuse. I think it's just sometimes I get tired and I, yeah. I for one. Yeah. I mean, you know, people could be tired for various reasons. Um, we're going to cover that as one of our sort of big things here. I'm trying to figure out where we should start. Let's start with there's sort of a constellation of things here that are similar, but uh, something like you're bored with running, uh, you know, you're lacking in motivation, you know, there, there aren't any races or you're not hitting goals how you want this sort of collection of things where, you know, you're, you're struggling to find motivation. Um, gosh, we have, we have like 20, 20 different things here. So yeah, you want to, you want to start with one of them? Just pick one. Yeah. It's, it's interesting because last, before I moved to this part of the, of San Francisco, where I would run the most is actually along just a flat, a flat course. And it'd be the same thing I'd run every single day. And some days I would just go out a little bit longer and then turn around at a later time and then come back. And when I woke up in the morning, I didn't want to do that. I got, I was like, I was bored of running. And a lot of it was because of the route and what I ended up doing. And I, you're really good at this and I, I should like pay you to make me routes on a weekly basis. But one of the things when I was living at that part of the city, but also where I live now is I really focus on how do I switch up the route? So every time, you know, I have a couple, like two to three go to 10 K routes, two to three go to 10 mile routes, et cetera. So for me to like really overcome the boredom of running, the biggest thing for me has been, just switching up the route, I would say. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I can't emphasize that enough. I hate running the same route and I obsess over, over picking new ones. Uh, I did something that just seems so stupid the other day, but yeah, I ran something counterclockwise and I almost <laughs> always run it clockwise. And like, yeah, I mean, it just some, whatever you can do to cre- create new stimulus for your mind can really help dig out of like like boredom ruts. So, yeah. you know, another one we have here, and this one is a little bit controversial, but not really is you can listen to music or ideally this podcast. Um, <laughs> but, you know, if you've listened to all of our episodes 10 times each, you know, we understand that, you know, maybe, maybe, maybe it's that 11th boring. time. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's time, time to change it up. But yeah, you know, and the reason why it's controversial is, I think some people judge runners who use who use headphones, and I I use them sometimes and, and not other times. Um, I I used to be one of these people that that really, I don't know if yeah, I guess I I was I was pretty judgmental. <laughs> well, but, you, you know, know I didn't, and it's easy to be sanctimonious when 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 you don't when you don't do, do something. something. Yeah. yeah. 
Well, the one thing um, that I've, that's actually really helped me to run further. So on my long runs, it's like, oh, I want to go out for like a 10K, but I really should maybe do eight or 10 miles today if I'm training is actually listening to podcasts, either like news, like a podcast, an entertainment podcast or a news podcast. And what's really kept me going is, oh, wow, there's 15 minutes left in this podcast. I don't want to like not finish it right now. I don't know when I'm going to have the opportunity to finish it. And I'm not going to remember to come back or I'm not going to remember the whole episode. So I'm going to run 15 more minutes. So I find these podcasts that are kind of the length of how long the run is that I want to go on. And it works out really, really well. Um, there's, been, there's been a couple like three hour podcasts that I've come across that I'm like, well, not going to listen to this one on a run or it's going to take like three, three runs to get through. Um, but I, th- I think that's been like really helpful because music is, it's so easy to turn the music off, right? It doesn't matter if you, if you don't finish that playlist or whatever, but that podcast or that the, the news for the morning or whatever it may be is you want to finish that story. You want to finish and get to the end. And if you go out on a run, it kind of pushes you to go a little bit further. Yeah. I mean, I'm 40 years old. I didn't really use headphones other than on a treadmill until last July. And I had had a minor injury two months prior and hadn't been running for a bit, but I was definitely over the injury, but I was sort of in a little bit of a rut. I was like, you know what? I'm just going to get over my my, uh, self-righteousness. And uh, uh, I bought some, some of those wireless earbuds and yeah, I mean, it really gets you gets you out the door sometimes, you know, especially if it's a podcast you're excited to listen to, or I've built some playlists that like have some songs that like I'm really excited about. Yeah. And it, yeah, I mean, it, it makes a difference. It's, um, it kind of goes into like buying new things. It's not always the best way, but if you buy new things, buy a new pair of shoes, buy a new running watch, buy a new t-shirt or whatever it is, it weirdly, it's, I don't even think it's weird. It motivates you to want to go out and run. I remember when I bought a new pair of shoes that I've, I tried a new brand. I think I moved over to like Nike for a, for a little bit. And I was like, I want to run in these Nikes so bad. And then I went out and, and did it. When I got my new watch, same exact thing. It's, it's yeah. These like new things that like you want to try it out. And like that motivates you to, to go out and, and try something, either try, do the same thing again, or try something new and see how that new thing that you just purchased actually works. Yeah. I like buying running shoes that are super bright colors. Cause you know, <laughs> You, you put them on and you, you just sort of feel like a runner in that moment. And, you know, it's just nice to go out there and, and give them a shot. Um, I think just to wrap up, like the routing, the routing thing, finding routes can be a little bit challenging, like especially if you're new to a neighborhood or, you know, some people are a little um, directionally challenged. Uh, but there are some good tools online for, for making routes. So mapmyrun.com has a, a route route finder or route generator, I think they call it, where you, you can put in the distance you want to go and uh, give it a starting point. Strava has the same thing. Strava's routing tool, I'm not sure if it's, I, I pay for Strava, so I'm not sure if it's behind the paywall or not, but the one that I have access to, you can say whether you want to do hills or not, and mm-hmm. it'll, it'll, it'll suggest like three routes when you give it a, a distance. It's pretty cool but it takes you through no non-trespassing routes it's done that to me twice (laughs) (laughs) yes i i I saw uh, a couple of years drama posts that yeah they're trying to get you to commit federal offenses uh, (laughs) private property that's the other week is a 12 foot fence like i'm not going to climb over this thing so i had to run an extra two miles man it's it's uh what what are those relays where people do like the 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 tough tough modern modern things Yeah. yeah 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 
I yeah. did not and, select that on the, on the options. <laughs> yeah. Garmin has a, a route finder too. I haven't experimented with theirs lately, but maybe we should do an episode where we sort of do a Yeah, that'd be really fun. Um, another tip I have is sometimes I'll mix a tiny bit of speed into into a, a run that I've done a bunch of times. So, you know, maybe whenever my GPS watch ticks over one mile or if you're not wearing a GPS watch, whenever whenever you think it, just speed it up for 30 seconds, you know, 30 seconds, a minute, 15 seconds, you know, whatever feels right. And it, yeah, it just gives you some, some focus and, and something to look forward to or to dread as, as you're going through your run. But regardless of what it is, it, you're creating like a different mental pattern. And, and this notion of boredom is, I think when you just keep applying the same stimulus and, it, it can be hard to you know, generate an excitement response to that. Yeah, at, the, after the output time. stays so, the same. Yeah. So if you do something different, if you change anything up, like a little bit of speed, maybe you go a little bit slower. Like sometimes, well, okay, look, okay, this is a thing I aspire to do. Sometimes it would be nice to try to run a run. You know, like let's say normally your, your long run pace is, you know, 930 miles. Well, okay, go out and try to do 1030 miles for uh, you know, your recovery day. And if, and if you go over, if you go faster than that, like you failed, but like, you know, challenge yourself to, to go slowly, you know, and, you know, that can also, you know, be a new stimulus. Yeah. One of the interesting things that I've done is I go back and look at like Strava segments. And if I know that I want to be doing a certain route that day, and I know that I've like always been trying to like beat my last time on a Strava segment, or, you know, I'm number 100 on the thing. I want to be top 100. I'll kind of plan my runs sometimes to say, I know in this segment that I just want to go and like crush it. Uh, and then I just go back to my normal run for the rest of the time. It's, it's kind of like cheating because I, I, I don't like people who like do that very much. I've seen people Strava is like, oh, I did this just to get the king of the mountain or whatever it is. And I'm like, oh, frustrate me. But it is a yeah. good way to, to stay encouraged, especially if you, you know, some some folks are limited in where they can go and run, right? Just geography and place and, and you know, weather as well, which we'll talk about. And sometimes it just helps, yeah, thinking about, can I run this piece, this route faster? Can I run this segment faster? And yeah, change up, change what the output is, um, even though the input might be, uh, the, the route might be the same. Yeah. We have a couple GPS watch related things here. So yeah, thing one is you can leave your watch at home and... I don't even know. I, look, I have this ridiculous tan line where my watch is. I, I think the last time I took it off was like sometime in the you know 2010s. <laughs> and, um, but aspirationally, yeah, like going for a run without your watch can be can be I imagine can be freeing and liberating. And uh, you know that's another thing. You know, it, instead of you know having the pressure of holding yourself to a, to account, you can just sort of go out and you know remember that running can actually be sort of fun, and yeah. you know that can create help you with some boredom stuff. Um, and then, yeah, the other GPS related thing is, and I've been doing this more over the last six months. I don't know if you've noticed, but you can draw something with your <laughs> pattern. So, you know, I drew that, look, I'm awful at drawing, but I, I tried to draw a Christmas tree. It was pretty good. Um, thank you. Thank you. I mean, Suppressed. You know, you're, you're paid to say that. So thank you. But yeah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but you know you can you can draw you know I don't know someone's initials or you can you, you can draw you know I, there's some people that get really elaborate with their with their Strava drawings but people drew like turkeys uh, for, yeah for Thanksgiving and a lot I've I've seen Chris like other Christmas trees not as good as yours but other Christmas trees out there and 
I've I've spelled some stuff out in the city before. It's it's yeah. very it's really cool, but it's mentally taxing. <laughs> it is. Yeah, I did a um, I did a spiral, and it was seven miles in the mission, and you know the mission's on a grid, so you know it was like ten blocks up, ten blocks you know over, and then nine blocks down and nine blocks over eight, eight, you know, seven, seven, six, six, eight, you know, oh my God. And then, oh my gosh, I missed a turn by a half block and almost had like a mini heart attack. Yeah. I mean, I was not <laughs> pleased with myself and, you know, it messes up the pattern a little bit, but in any case, yeah, it can, it can be both mind numbing and, and sort of exhilarating to, to, to draw something. Um, I think it's like the, ahead. The most common one, and we, we talked, touched on this a little bit earlier, was, you know, I'm tired, I'm sore, I'm hungover. You know, it's not only are you bored, it's that that's probably the, f- you know, that's for someone that has, I feel like has continuously run, someone that's on a run streak, or they haven't really taken a break in their training. A good, uh, to kind of uh, cap that one is, I'm really excited to take a little bit of a break from running because I feel like I'm going to re-fall in love with running. Because I've t- I'm going to take you know two weeks off hopefully, and I'm going to see you on Strava. I'm going to see people outside running, people on Twitter, and it's going to give me a, a more of an appreciation to to go back. But for folks that you know are having challenging are challenged kind of to get into the groove or really just get started, it's very common of saying I'm sore, I'm tired, I'm hungover. You know, especially for like if you want to go out for runs on the weekends, which are a great great time because you have more time than you do during the week but folks go and have a couple drinks on friday and saturday and i think for the soreness is your i think you and i have very similar thoughts on this and it's you know there's really there's this difference between hey i am sore or i i I have a shooting pain or there is some pain in my body and therefore a lot of a lot of people equate them as the same say soreness equals pain. And therefore, if I have pain, I shouldn't go out and run, but you know, soreness is totally fine to run through, right? It's, it's good to be sore. It's good to, you know, you need time to recover, but if you are sore from that workout yesterday that you did, or you're sore from that super long run that you pushed yourself, that's a sign that your body is actually improving and it's okay to go out for a run. And, you know, you take a couple of miles typically, and it allows you to get back into it. At least for me, right? It's yeah. Uh, Yeah. I mean, look, (laughs) you don't want to run through an injury, but if I didn't run every time I was a little bit sore, I would never run. Like, you know, I have this ridiculous run streak I'm, I'm working on. I haven't not been sore since last July. (laughs) And so, you know, you can't, (laughs) yeah. Getting, yeah. Running is a, is a sort of a, it's a bit of a mental battle to figure out when you're actually injured and when you're just sore, but yeah, soreness is totally natural. It's a, it's a part of running. It's a part of, you know, any physical stimulus to your body and it's, it's okay to run through that. And if you're really sore, your, your body will adapt to that and you'll run a little bit slower. Um, and you know, if you're a little bit sore, uh, like you said, I often find like after one or two miles, I've sort of forgotten that the soreness was even there and getting all that blood flow uh, can actually help with soreness, right? It can help flush lactic acid out of your system, which is, you know, the root cause of soreness. And so, yeah, if if you're if you're sitting there, it's it's two p.m. and you know you wanted to run that morning, and you know you were like, eh, I'm kind of sore. You know, make sure that it's 
not just soreness. Like, yeah, it, it, look, if you have some sort of shooting pain in your knee or, you know, you're limping or you have something like that, don't run. But, you know, if your hamstrings are a little tight, you know, give it a shot, you know, and see what happens after the first mile. Yeah, get, you know, get out, just get outside. I think a lot of this is to motivate yourself is just put one foot in front of the other. Once you start putting one foot in front of the other, you will keep going. It's, it's really hard to do those first 10, 20, 30 steps. And once you get that, you, you get excited and you, you, you can go for it. And it's a lot of this is just about getting started. And, you know, for the folks that are hungover, you know, you should hydrate while you're drinking. That's, that's thing. Number one, I would say is, you know, for the, what's the classic thing of like for every drink that you have, you have like a glass of water, but yeah, you know, I, who there's, does this, that? <laughs> uh, there's this corner store next to my house and they sell these hangover pills and they say like, Oh, the night before, while you're drinking, you know, drink a pint of water in between every drink. And it's like, well, okay, that the hangover pills don't do anything. It's just you, you, yeah, you're <laughs> the water perfectly hydrated, but yeah, water, water during. And then, you know, if you didn't drink water during definitely, you know, maybe before you go to bed and then, yeah. And you know, in the morning, just, camel up, <laughs> drink some water. And look, it's not going to make you, you're not going to go from, you know, totally hung over to a million bucks just from drinking a cup of water. But that that's a good start to the, to the recovery. And it really, for me, every time I feel a little bit hung over, it's, I go out for a run and that's how I actually recover from my hangovers. Like it gets rid of the headache. It gets rid of this soreness or whatever it may be from the night before. And it's, actually a really good way for me. I, I did a lot. Of, I used to work out a lot after, which was, I think lifting weights is way harder than running after when you're hungover. So if you're debating between the two, just go on, go out for like a 20 to 30 minute run and you'll feel at least 80% better. Yeah. I, um, 80% is, I, I always feel better after, after a run. And I don't know if it's cause I'm addicted or if it's something about, the way it gets your blood flowing um, that helps do something with like, I don't know how hangovers work. Presumably there's some sort of toxin in your body or something, or you're dehydrated or whatever, but increased blood flow helps a lot of things. It helps soreness. It can help injury recovery and it can help with hangovers. And I just feel better uh, always after a run. And even if it doesn't physically help the, the hangover, it'll mentally help you because you'll be like, all right, well, at least I did this thing today. And, you know, some of that serotonin depletion can can be made up for with the endorphins you get from running. Um, I wanted to say something about fatigue. Uh, So, you know, if if you wake up, if you didn't get good sleep the night before, you know, so this is sort of related to a hangover. But, you know, a lot of runners try to get fatigued, you know, so pros will fast themselves. They won't eat anything or they'll, or they'll do like a big weight workout before they go out for a run, or they'll do two or sometimes even three runs in a day. And and what they want to do is they want to get, they want to get fatigued so that they can do a run where their body is fatigued and they can sort of make some adaptations that help them run when they're fatigued. Well, if you're fatigued naturally, it's just because, you know, you party too hard the night before or, you know, you're anxious, you know, because these are anxious times and you didn't get very good sleep. Yeah, you're probably not going to go out and set, you know, a new 100 meter world record. But uh, getting out there when you're a little bit fatigued, you know, first off, you'll probably find your once you get going, it's about the same as always. And even if you don't, you're teaching your body how to deal with, you know, 
I don't know if inconvenience is the right word. You're, you're, you're teaching your body how to deal with th- stimulus it might, might not often get, which in this case would be fatigue. Yeah, I agree. And it re- that really helps you at the end of a race when you're very, t- very tired, very fatigued. And uh, knowing that you can run through that, that fatigue and that you have before is a, not only a huge physical boost, but also a big mental boost. You know, you felt like you've been in this state before, you're able to push through it and, and continue going. Yeah. Does caffeine help you? Do you drink caffeine before you run? I never do. I I use caffeine as my reward. So that's why I typically like to work out in the mornings because it wakes me up. Uh, you know, any type of physical activity in the morning wakes me up. I actually, once I get out of bed, I drop and I do push-ups. It's like my way just to kind of get my get my body going. Yeah, warms you up too. It does. Yeah. And just having coffee just that's like one of the motivations for me to work out in the morning and go out on a run is just that thinking about that hot cup of coffee that I'm going to make when I get back, totally worth it. Uh, and I typically wait like three hours after I wake up and to drink coffee. Um, I read some headline, uh, eight years ago, probably that scientifically waiting three hours to drink coffee is good for you. Didn't read the article sounded like <laughs> about right. And I just kind of, lived, lived, but now, but now it. it's the core rule that I live by. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I don't know if we're going to find that in the uh, new England journal of medicine, but look, I know a lot of people look, I, I don't know what percentage of people drink caffeine in the mornings, but it's, it's high. Um, and I know a lot of people uh, need it before a race. I think it helps them with their um, bowel movements. Mm-hmm. I think it helps them, you know, get up and, and get going. I haven't, I don't drink caffeine. And so I don't know how it affects, um, affects running much. I mean, I, you know, I, I know what I've read. I did take on our marathon last week, uh, a goo yeah. that had some caffeine in it. And man, I was hyper for like four or five miles after that. It was a weird, it was weird, like how quickly I felt it. And I don't know if that's psychosomatic, if I was just imagining it, but I mean, I definitely felt it whether it was real or not. I don't know. I think we changed topics every like 45 seconds. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> Discussion sorry. topics. <laughs> I mean, I'm chatty in the worst of time or the best of times, let alone when I'm on a little bit of caffeine. So um, what other thing on this like tired, sore, hungover thing? Um, I think if you can commit to yourself to at least start the run. So go through the motions of, you know, <laughs> Putting your putting your running clothes on, you know, tying your shoes, and just getting out there for a few steps. Once you get going, look. If if once you get maybe you can make a deal with yourself that's something like this. Look, if I get going and I feel awful, uh, you know, turn around after two blocks and go back home. But at least try. And I think in the majority of cases, you'll find that you're okay. Like, <laughs> you know, you you can continue and and you'll feel better after. Yeah. One of the things that I do for this is I put my running gear, my shoes, my shorts, and my shirt at the front door. So it's already out of my dresser. It's already ready to go. All I have to do is put it on, uh, put on my clothes, put on my clothes, put on my shoes, and I'm out the door relatively quickly. And also it's this interesting way of you see it in the corner of your eye if you didn't go out on a run in that, that morning is, oh, it's just sitting there waiting for me. Like, why didn't yeah. I do anything with it? And and you you feel bad. It does. Exactly. So it's, it's, that's how I've always said, okay, if I put these clothes on, that's step number one. If I walk down the stairs, that's step number two. I open the door, that's three, and then I'm gone. Yeah. And that's, that's typically, it's, it's three steps to, to get there. So, yeah. 
All right, so that's that's tired, fatigue, sore, hungover. Um, this one's a little bit different. Um, I think some people feel a little bit self-conscious when they run, and they're worried that uh, you know other people will will judge them or think of them, or you know maybe <laughs> maybe folks like us will will think they're too slow or something. Um, but well, I don't I don't think that's those are things. But do you want to start with this, or do you want me to? Go ahead. Yeah, I, I I hear this a lot, especially with folks that think about that they want to start running or they've been running a little bit. And I always offer to run with anyone. I, I enjoy company when I run. I don't have to be running super fast. I just really enjoy getting out there and, and being with people. And a couple of my friends during the pandemic started running. And I asked, hey, I'm happy to join you. Like we can go out and just I'm happy to like kind of train you and teach you. This is something new for you. Mm-hmm. And they're like, oh, I'm too embarrassed. I'm like, well, I always ask why. And they said, oh, I'm too slow for you. I'm not going to go f- like far enough, all of this. Yeah. And I said, that's, but you need, like, I'm here to help you. I'm here to start. Like, I'm okay running a 1030 mile. Uh, I'll probably run a little bit more after, but you know, at the end of the day, it's, it's, I don't know. It's, it's this, when you see people out running, like I don't, when I see anyone running, regardless if it's a 12 minute mile, if it's a five minute mile, if it's, you know, 20 minute mile, you're, you're getting out there, you're doing something. And the people that are like judging you or the people that, you know, they're probably jealous of you. You shouldn't be embarrassed about that. Um, I was definitely embarrassed when I started running because I was a bit overweight. I was wearing basketball shorts and like, you know, very large, uh, shirts that no one, that's not how like runners really look, uh, and what the clothes that they wear. So I always felt really embarrassed because I actually didn't have the right running gear. Uh, and that's actually what happened to me when I started cycling too, is I didn't have the right cycling gear. So I felt really embarrassed to go out and, and go on the road. So I think like one of the ways to get over that is just, you know, the nice thing about running, it's cheap. So get the right gear and you kind of feel better about yourself. And that's kind of goes up to our first topic of like getting something new encourages you to, to go out. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, look, this is a lot easier said than done, but it's best to try not to worry what other people think. And of course, yeah, that, that's like one of those pieces of advice that people always give, but it's sort of hard to, to feel. But, yeah. you know, short of that, try to internalize that other people are like, I know at least me and, and almost every runner I know don't care what other runners look like. I love seeing like all shapes and sizes of people out there when I run. Like one of my favorite moments in running is when I first get into Golden Gate Park. And, you know, during COVID and on weekends, uh, in non-COVID times, they, they close the streets there. And there's just this like, you know, river of runners going in all directions. And, you know, some of them have strollers and, you know, some, you know, there's just people of all ages and, and abilities. And it's just, I feel like I'm part of this like community. And mm-hmm. it's just, yeah, it's just great to see everyone out there. And I don't know, like, it's, it's hard to imagine, <laughs> look, I could be snobby about certain aspects and running, but somebody being out there that that's not, you know, an all pro doesn't, is not, is not one of those things. Like I always, yeah. I always sort of think to myself, like, that's awesome that they're out here. Like, you know, y- yeah. you got to start somewhere and, you know, good for them. We all, yeah, we all started somewhere and no one started running five minute miles out of the, out of the womb or, you know, at the age of eight or whatever it may be. So and it's getting out there. It's like really encouraging, especially when you go to races and just see all these different types of people like with different goals and going after it. It's 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 encouraging, even even if I'm faster than them or whatever it may be. Um, it's really cool to like. I always enjoy like it, 
seeing what shoes people wear. I know like you and I are big like shoe fo- like yep. running shoe. So it's always like really cool to see like what other what other types of shoes people are wearing. And yeah, uh, I kind of get some like encouragement from that of like, man, this guy is like or this this person, man, those are awesome shoes. Like the the bright colored shoes. I'm like, oh, I didn't know those existed. So I like to look, learn and go on the internet. And like, I, I have to find them because I'm embarrassed that I don't have those shoes. No, I definitely feel like a shoe voyeur. Um, and yeah, it's it's sort of fun, like especially sometimes. I'll, I mean, this is not related to to beginner runners, but yeah, I'll see people in vaporflies or something, and I'll be like, "Oh yeah, nice shoes, man!" And you know, they they know what shoes they're wearing, and they know I know, and it's just sort of a cool shared moment. Um, so okay, all right. How about dealing with a blister? So this one, we don't have to spend too much time on this, but um, I think blisters. The reason why I put this on here is I think blisters are a sort of tailor-made excuse to be like, well, I just can't run. And I don't think that's true. Like, I think, look, if you're like profusely bleeding from your foot, like, all right, maybe, maybe take a day off, but you know, you can, you can use a needle, sterilize it, of course, to, to puncture the blister and, you know, get a moleskin or some sort of bandage so that it's not rubbing. And just again, get out there and try going for two blocks. And the body is remarkably adaptable. And, if you if you're running on on blistered skin, um, you're you know you're helping to build the callus on on the new fresh skin that was underneath the blister. So you know you're sort of speeding the recovery process. And you know again, look, <laughs> there's limits to all this stuff. Like we're not saying, you know, if your leg's amputated to go out and like start you know <laughs> go run a marathon. But you know, a lot of people look for you know it's just any little obstacle that that can come up can can stop them from running. And you know I've been there myself. But yeah, blisters are one of those ones that I think are super easy to be like, eh, you know, I'm not going to do it, but yeah. Yeah. Personal experiences, just keep running through the blisters and then they turn into huge callus and then your entire, all of both of your feet are completely callous. So you never get blisters again. I haven't gotten blisters in years because my feet are just raw. <laughs> yeah. My feet are, yeah. My hands are super smooth since I never lift weights. Yours are probably callous from all the weightlifting, but yeah, my feet are. Uh, it's not, yeah, not a pretty some, sight. Thick, <laughs> thick skin down there. Yeah. <laughs> Um, all right, let's see here. I mean, we've, we've got sort of two major ones here left the first one is injury and the second one is weather. So let's, let's do injuries first. We've, we've brushed up upon some of this stuff already. Um, but let me just tell like a couple anecdotes about injuries I've had. So I've had basically every standard running injury there is. I've had plantar fasciitis. I've had, um, various shin kinds splints. of, of knee pain. I've had shin splints. I've had IT band stuff and I've had both quad and hamstring stuff. I haven't had some of the hip stuff, but you know, all of these are injuries that are mostly related to repetitive stress. And it's, and if you, and if you see a doctor and this is like long been a frustration of mine, but a doctor is just like, Oh, well, yeah, you should just run less. And it's like, well, okay. <laughs> what else? Something else I can do. Um, and, you know, again, if you have some sort of shooting pain or you've torn something, you know, don't, don't get out there and run. But, you know, for example, with um, plantar fasciitis or, or various kinds of knee pain, running a little bit and getting that blood flow going can, can help spur recovery. So, you know, like, all right. So when people get patellar tendonitis, you know, they can do various things. They can give you a cortisone injection, which reduces inflammation. Um, but sometimes what they do is they go in there with a needle and they poke a bunch of holes in the fascia to try to, um, 
inspire blood flow to the, to that area. Well, you know, much cheaper and less invasive way of doing that is to actually go for a run. <laughs> and um, I'm not saying that, you know, you should continue your normally scheduled hundred mile weeks after you have like a new, newly developed soreness, but it's interesting. It's it can, it can be interesting to sort of probe the edges of the pain and, and seeing, seeing what you can do um, without totally giving up. Yeah. Yeah. It's, a lot of people think that when you get injured, you have to go to zero. And some, in some cases you do, sometimes you, you know, I've, I've torn, you know, a, a hip, like one of my hip flexor muscles. Like I couldn't, I couldn't like barely walk all these things. So you have to go to zero, but sometimes it's, you go from 50 miles a week to 10 miles a week. So it's at least like still going through the motions as you're keeping some level of one motivation to some level of fitness and you're doing all the things in addition to help you recover. So I'm a, I'm a good example of this. I, I have this like hip issue. It's like an injury for two years, but I continue to run through it. It's just gotten worse. So now I'm taking this time to not stop. I'm stopping running, but I'm still on the bike and I'm doing all these like different exercises and everything to strengthen it so I can get back. But I'm not just sitting on the couch and waiting for it to recover. And I think that's like one thing that a lot of folks should should think about and, and talk to their PT or talk, talk to their physical therapist, talk to their doctors about is what can I do to stay physically active that may not be directly related to to running? Maybe it's less running or maybe it's, you know, swimming is a huge, uh, a lot of people recommend swimming too. Um, yeah. I mean, I think, I don't, I don't know if this is backed up by medical science, but if you just sit around waiting for something to get better, I don't think that's the best strategy. So at least get out and go for a walk. Like just do something that, you know, causes a little bit of, of stimulation or, or, or stress to the problem areas. And I think that at least in my experience, like all of my injuries, like when I had plantar fasciitis, I, I, I just got totally bummed out and I stopped doing anything and it didn't get better. And then it was when I first started doing a little bit of running that it, it really started to get better. And it's the same, it's been this, it's the same with it band stuff. Like if I just shut it down and don't do anything, it, if anything, it just sort of treads water. It gets a little bit worse as cause your body sort of gets used to it, I guess. Um, I wanted to say one more thing about, about injuries. Sometimes when I get an, an injury or a new injury, I'm almost afraid to look it up on Google and <laughs> like the analogy I wanted to make here is like, sometimes like when the stock market is doing certain things, people will be like afraid to look at their, at their portfolios. Portfolio, yeah. like, yeah. ah, I don't even want to look. And that's like the worst possible thing you can do in that time. And with injuries, yeah. Like, let's say you have like a new developing pain. It could be like, ah, like I'm almost afraid to look this up. Like I, I think it's going to tell me, you know, something I, you know, maybe I should stop running or whatever, but yeah, like <laughs> look it up, like figure out, try to be informed about, about what, what yeah, gather all the information you can and then make a decision. Don't intentionally sequester yourself from information. Um, so, all right. The last thing here, Sean is bad weather. So it's cold, it's raining, it's too hot, you know, what, how do you, we're spoiled living in San Francisco. Yeah. So, you know, we're, 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 we're guessing a little bit what this might be. Like, but look, I'm sure you've been in places with bad weather. So yeah. What do you do? Yeah. I mean, growing up in the Midwest, you, you had the opportunity to give every excuse in the book. It's too cold because it's minus 10 degrees and it's a snowstorm too. It's too hot. It's a hundred degrees with 90% humidity. There's never, you have like three months of like perfect running weather growing up in the Midwest. I, I feel like, and, 
you know, if, if someone, if one of our listeners is from the Midwest and I'm wrong, please, please let us know. Um, and I used to live in Dallas, actually. So this was a big problem is by 7 a.m. It's 100, 100 degrees outside. So not many people want to go out running in 100 degrees. You're dripping sweat all over. It's very tiring. Um, but I think depending on the type of weather. So if we kind of like shift, you know, it's January right now. It's cold in most places <clears throat> around the country, uh, around the world is, you know, maybe throw some money at the, at the problem of, of saying, Hey, it's too cold outside. It's, you know, 20 degrees outside. I don't want to go running. Cause I don't want to get my, my hands are going to be too cold. My feet are going to be too cold. You know, there's a lot of great gear and everything out there that I can't list off the five best you know, running gloves. Cause I haven't worn running gloves, uh, <laughs> uh in, in a long time. But look, when I did go out and I was running, you know, growing up in, in these, these very cold weather conditions was a really nice pair of gloves and a good hat and like pants just made the running experience that much better because once you got moving, once you're in mile two, mile three, you felt warm and you started like sweating. And sometimes I would actually take my gloves off. So it's like, if you invest in good gear, it's, it, it makes it less painful, I guess, if you're thinking about the cold weather. I kind of like that juggling in, in the cold of taking the gloves on and off, right? Like, you know, cause it's, if you have good gloves, you know, it gets, it gets hot in there and, and then, you know, you take them off and, you know, you can see the steam coming off your hands and, and then, you know, 45 seconds later, they feel like they're frostbitten. frostbitten. So you yep. <laughs> slam the gloves back on, but you know, that's something, yeah, I haven't had to negotiate with much lately and I, I miss that a little bit. Um, yeah, I mean, it is important to have the right gear, uh, if you if you don't have the right tights or you know breathable stuff, it can be tough. Um, as for running in like the rain or the snow, uh, rain. <laughs> people have different opinions on rain. Some people love it. I don't love it. Uh, but what I find is, you know, just like so many things with running. If you just why, why don't you. Why don't you love it? I mean, why, why don't you love running in a rain? Because I, I, I like running in a rain. I don't know. I mean, part of it is I almost never wear a shirt when I run. I get cold. And I, yeah, I'm just like, I don't know. Not wearing a shirt while running is actually way better for the rain. Because if you have like one of those like ice, you know, have these like heavy shirts and they get really, really, they get heavy when you, when they get really wet and it's just like sloshing all over the place. And it's, it's so hard to get, like, take your shirt off when it's wet is miserable. Yeah. I think, I, you're, I think you're better off when not wearing a shirt when you run. I ran the Portland marathon in the rain and it rained. I mean, it poured at the start, it poured at the middle. Uh, the only time it didn't pour was about, I want to say seven milliseconds after I crossed the finish line, <laughs> sun came out. <laughs> it's like a big, Sounds about right. F you. Um, but uh, yeah, I wore a shirt and then um, the, I don't know if this is too much information or not, but it uh, it was chafing my nipples. And, you, you know, you get the pictures from the photography people. And yeah, I mean, there's just these like red rings in the middle of my <laughs> chest. For, oh, gosh, that was not that was not my most. So maybe it's all PTSD from that run. Um, Possibly. And yeah, I guess that was, that was before my shirtless running days. Anyway, like it, yeah. it, it helps you if you think about it, you're running in these adverse conditions, right? You're running this pouring rain, you're running. I've run through like snowstorms where you couldn't see five feet in front of you, which was probably stupid looking back now. But, you know, it, it teaches your body to adapt to, to new stimulus and you become a better, like, it's very similar to like running while you're sore. 
and or fatigued actually improves you improves it is hey if you're used to running in if you're used to running in snow then all of a sudden there's not snow like you can run way faster because you can actually grip the ground and you know have faster turnover better cadence and ultimately run faster so yeah it allows you to to adapt to to a new stimulus I feel yeah like, like- like with so many things with running, whether it's it's too hot or too cold or too hilly or you're tired or you're hungover, anything that you can do that is different from your normal running routine teaches your body new tricks. And, you know, you don't need to be an advanced runner to take advantage of that. If you do, you know, if you're in a super hot and humid place and you're used to running and, and cool and dry, uh, you'll find that your next few runs at cool and dry will be a little bit easier because your body... Yeah. We'll have sort of learned this new thing. It's the same like when you're at altitude and, and you you come back down, you, your body is remarkably adaptable. So exposing it to new stimulus teaches it new things and it, it you know pays it forward. And it makes it less boring. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Yeah. Yeah. It's hard to call extreme weather runs boring. Uh, it's it's pretty fun. Uh, I've done some runs in some like ridiculous weather. And it is fun when people see you. Um, I, have, I have some stories about this. I'll save these for like a later episode. But uh, yeah, you, you just feel sort of like a superhero when, when people see you running in, in you know, weather where people wouldn't expect to see it. And then, yeah, it, it kind of leads, you get breaking rights. You know, you, I, I, I love this. It's, oh, it's pouring outside today. And then you're hanging out with friends or whatever later, like, oh, yeah, like I ran like 10 miles or whatever. Right. Like, yeah. oh, like, you ran insane. in that? I, I didn't even yeah. go from the car to my apartment in that weather. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. Be love, sure to post on social media if you if you run in, in bad, bad conditions. I love seeing all the all the folks that we follow on Twitter. And, you know, right now a lot of our followers are in places where it's snowing and it's really cool. They, they're posting all these really cool photos of like the, the lake or the pond iced over and then like taking selfies and like, you know, wearing like, I don't know, a huge like Eskimo gear and they're going out for runs. Yeah. I mean, that's way cooler than us saying, yeah, hey, it's 55 degrees today. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. It was, it was high forties. I had to wait for the weather to warm up to the normal no, low fifties. Um, yeah. It's, it is really impressive that some people go for months and months and months. My sister and her wife have been keeping their run streak going. I'm at 189. So that means they're at 288 today. And uh, it's been, you know, in the low twenties for a lot of their runs over the last month, and they just get out there and do it. It's it's impressive. Yeah. Um, you know, all right, that's probably a good place to wrap up here. Um, yeah, I think like, the quick way to wrap it up is: hey, the biggest the biggest things that help is just get out there, right? Once you put in, you can summarize all of these excuses and all these different ways to kind of combat that and help you stay motivated and want to keep keep going. But the really the biggest thing is just get out there and put one foot in front of the other. And getting out there is better than nothing. If you do two miles that day, it's better than zero. If you do a half mile, it's better than zero. And ultimately, you're going to go out and say, hey, I'm really tired. I might run for three. Then it's going to turn into six. It's going to turn into 10. I've done that so many times throughout my running career. But it's always, regardless of what the excuse is, regardless of like what that like mini hurdle is, no matter how kind of you know tall or small it, or short it is, go out there, put one foot in front of the other. And you're not, you're not going to regret running or getting out there and doing something. I've never regretted a run. Um, knock on wood, maybe one day 
I will. But to this day, uh, I, I've not regretted saying, oh, should have done that five miles today. Yeah. Yeah. It's a little bit like travel. Nobody ever regrets going on a trip. And it's it's the same with running. Like, yeah, you just make a commitment to yourself to try. And you'll be surprised how much the inertia of starting carries you forward. Um, so, yeah, I think that's a good place to wrap it up. So that'll do it for episode six of The Final Turn. As a reminder, you can find us on Twitter at The Final Turn Pod. Um, and check out our new website at thefinalturn.com. We thank you for the listen, and we look forward to having you back for our next episode.